Welcome to Preston Minster. Find your home, find your purpose, transform your city. Let's jump into this week's talk. Wonderful. So here we are. It's 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I don't know how you feel about like the end of Christmas. Um, do you feel that sense of like relief? You're like, finally some routine. Or are you like, oh no, I love the chilled out vibe. Um, I love just like hanging out with family and falling out a little bit and making up and all of that sort of stuff. So I don't know how it's been for you. For me, I need to like, I I learned a few years ago to get through Christmas, I have to do something. I have to up my jogging. Now that's not difficult because I don't do much jogging, but... I have to like jog nearly every day just to give myself like a bit of routine, clear my head, get some space. So I'm happy that it's the new year. I'm happy to like get back into the routine. Um, I don't know about you, but here it is. Coming ready or not, 2024 is on its way. Um, Today is Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. And uh, we do Vision Sunday twice a year. We do it at the beginning of September and we do it at the beginning of uh, January. And what it isn't, it isn't where we like tear up the old vision and start again for the next few months, but it's more like a check-in for us as a community. It's like, are we heading where we believe God is telling us to go? It's an opportunity for us to take stock and be like, okay, this is what God's put on our heart and we're going to keep going. So if you were here in September... Uh, which was my kind of first uh, Vision Sunday as the vicar here, what we did is we set out the next part of our journey. And we had this real sense that God was calling us as a church to mature. And the way he wants us to mature is to go higher, deeper, and wider. He wants us to go higher into the presence of God. What does it mean for us to really know and explore the presence of God? He wants us to go deeper, deeper into the ways of Jesus, deeper into his scriptures, submitting to them. And he wants us to go wider, wider in our reach to the world around us. And um, this year, God, I believe... At the beginning of 2024, God is calling us to live wider. I want us to have a real focus this year on what it means for us to go wider in our reach to this beautiful city of Preston. Now, we're still going to be going higher. We're still going to be going deeper because actually it's all interconnected. If you haven't picked up on it by now, all of them feed each other. But I want us today, at the beginning of this year, think about what it means for us to truly live wider, to widen our invitation to those around us. Now, before I set out um, where I think we're going next, sometimes it's important to remember where we've come from. I'm aware that there's many people uh, in this building this morning who um, maybe don't know a bit of the story about where uh, we've come from. 
Um, so about five years ago, uh, Sam and Hannah, Sam was the previous vicar here, uh, they were at a church in London called HTB, and uh, that's the church where Alpha was launched. And um, they had this vision, HTB and Sam and Hannah, they had this vision to come to Preston to plant a church at the heart of this uh, city. And they had a big vision for what uh, could be done. And they came with this simple vision to play our part in the re-evangelization of the nation, means introducing people to Jesus, the revitalization of the church, it's like bringing life back into the churches of this city, and the transformation of society. Because when those two things happen, society changes. And so um, uh, they, uh, Sam and Hannah, they gathered this little team of us, and we met for a few weeks in uh, the lounge of the vicarage. And we prayed. And we worshipped. And we believed this big vision that God has given us. And then we came the next week and we prayed. And we worshipped. And we, we shook the kids off that were grabbing our legs. And then we were like, we, we prayed and we worshipped. And it was a beautiful time. And then 2019, September 2019, we launched, we opened this beautiful building, uh, we reopened it again, and we welcomed people uh, in, and it was an amazing time. Uh, church planting was like so crazy at the beginning, uh, none of us really knew what we were doing. I'm not sure if I still do, but we're just going to keep going. And um, it, it was wonderful. And then we had this minor little blip called the global pandemic, that was quite annoying. And, um, and then... But actually, it was, it was extraordinary because what happened is this space here, we couldn't fill it with people, right? So we cleared the chairs. And what this place became was shelves and shelves and shelves of food. And we, with a load of partners, this became like a hub where we fed the city, the most vulnerable, the most in need, and the most in danger. It was a beautiful time. And then um, if we fast forward uh, a couple of years to 2021, uh, we had our first church plant. And uh, Rachel and Jason, who were part of the team from the very beginning of here, um, they went to Blackburn and planted a church in Blackburn. And uh, they began this beautiful outreach to a really uh, tough community, and particularly uh, aiming for young people, which uh, was amazing for us. Our first church plant. We also played a little part in a plant for Blackpool. Uh, some of you might remember Andy Dykes. He came to preach a few weeks ago, heads up the church in, in Blackpool. And um, we kind of half claimed that plant because uh, he came and we supported him. Uh, we helped him finish off his training in the first year of Blackpool. So we had a hand in that, um, in that church plant too. And then uh, a year later, 2022, we planted another church. And uh, it was St. James's, which is just across the road uh, in Avonham. And Steve and Lucinda, who were part of the congregation here, um, we, we sent them with a few people to help kind of revitalize the church of St. James's, to be this light in the community of Avonham. And they have grown this beautiful community that is reaching out uh, to the people there, which is wonderful. And then last year, 
Another part of our story was a really big year for us. Um, I know we kind of joke about it, but a leadership change for a church is like a really significant uh, event for the life of a church. And uh, that happened last year. And I just want to say, uh, the start of 2024, it was an extraordinary term last year. And um, I genuinely want to thank you so much uh, because I have felt so encouraged, lifted up, held up um, by you, by you uh, supporting uh, me personally. And I just wanted to, to say thank you. So my point is, it's been a good story so far. That is a pretty extraordinary story for a church that is a few uh, years old. And I'm going to show you a video because we're not only part of our own story, but we're part of something a little bit bigger. We're part of a network of churches that's trying to be a church that plants churches. And um, so I'm going to show you this video. It's a couple of years old, but it features our very own Blackburn and Blackpool. And it gives you an idea of the bigger story that we are a part of. So um, yeah, turn to the screens and watch this now. In 2017, the Church Revitalisation Trust was established to help bring about the revitalisation of the church in the nation. Since then, it's been an extraordinary work of the Holy Spirit as we've seen dozens of churches being planted up and down the nation. Just in this last year, during the pandemic, we partnered with Diocese to launch nine new plants. This year, there's 21 going out. And I'm Andy, and we are going to be launching a new resource church in the centre of Blackpool right here. Blackpool was once a thriving seaside town, but because of the change in where people holiday now, it's very deprived. Um, and 8 out of 10 of the most deprived neighbours in England are in Blackpool. Surely, surely God has a better story for Blackpool than that. And surely he wants to see hope spoken over the town and freedom spoken over the town. And so our heart really for the church is, can we be like on the front foot, championing, shouting those headlines over the place that Blackpool is loved and it's not forgotten and there's hope. Blackburn is a key town in beautiful East Lancashire. It's a town that's got a lot of young people in it. And they're often really vulnerable young people, aren't they? There's lots of drug and alcohol issues and unemployment. One of the most densely populated areas in Europe in terms of young people. And we've got a mission there to reach out and connect with emerging generations. These young people made in God's image. We're going to see them flourish and thrive and we're so excited about that. We're Matt and Nay Rogers. We are planting out of St. Swithin's Lincoln over to Grimsby to a church called St. Mark's. What's starting to happen is people's heart for Grimsby is coming to the surface and there are people who are desperate to see change. Grimsby is, is rooted on an amazing fishing heritage. Those days have sort of passed, but it's going through loads of renewal because of the renewable energy sector. We have this huge privilege to come and play a part in this story of renewal. So I'm Lydia, I moved up to North West Nottingham to a place called Basford to plant a church with a waving network of churches and we're planting and renewing churches all over this area of the city. Basford is this really unique place, a real kind of mixing pot of an area and you've got a lot of different sort of lives lived on top of each other. 
I've just really had the words of kind of Matthew 5 and City on a Hill and all of that, and the sense that actually at this church is for bass, for bits for bass, we're going to be on. I'm Matt. I'm Fiona. And uh, we're here in Torbay because we're planting a new resource church right in the heart of the English Riviera. Yeah, under the beauty, there's quite a lot of areas of need, particularly around family life. And so we want to play our part in helping this area come to know and love and follow Jesus. We want to see the church in the area alive and thriving, people uh, recognising the church as a place that's full of life. We want to see a more fair and just society where the lonely are loved, the homeless are housed and the addicted are set free. Church growth expert Peter Wagner has described church planting as the single most effective evangelistic methodology under heaven because church plants often go on to plant churches of their own, leading to a multiplication of the church growth. The expansion and growth of these new church plants is an exciting work of the Holy Spirit. God is multiplying his church across the nation and uh, year by year we're seeing more and more of these being added now, partnering with the diocese and we're praying that together it makes towards the evangelization of a nation, the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. Wonderful. So that isn't that extraordinary that we're part of this story, that we are, we are a church that wants to plant churches, and we are a church plant that is designed to plant uh, other churches. I, I love the fact that we are a small part of something extraordinary that God is doing that's so much bigger uh, than ourselves. So at the start of 2024, our focus this year is to live wider. And it's time for the big announcement. Are you ready for the big announcement? Yeah? I'm going to pass on the baton to David. No, I'm joking. No need to worry. No need to I know that would be quite good news, really. But seriously, the big news is this. The big announcement for us as a church is this. In April this year, we are going to be planting our next church... We're going to be planting into St. Matthew's on New Orleans, and it's going to be headed up by the one, the only, the legend that is David Owens. Come on. Isn't that wonderful? There they are. This group, um, this is a group that have been praying about this uh, for a little while together. Um, so we took a picture of them so they knew that they uh, had to go. Um, so uh, you might be thinking, this isn't news. Uh, we've been drip-feeding this for a while. We've been praying into this uh, for a little while. So for some of you, this won't feel like new news. But today's the day where it, it is official. It is definitely happening, and it's definitely happening in April, which is so exciting uh, and really, really a wonderful thing. But there's a question. 
Why, why do we want to be a church that plants churches? Why don't we just grow this? Why don't we just keep doing this stuff? There's um, a missionary uh, and an author and an expert in this field, Peter Wagner, and he says, planting new churches is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. Do you see the why? Because really our heart is we want to reach people with the good news of Jesus. And church planting is the most effective method for doing that. Tim Keller, who um, is a pastor uh, in America, he actually recently died, but he's one of those guys that like just really lived it out. He was extraordinary. And he said... A vigorous and continuous approach to church planting is the only way to guarantee an increase in the number of believers. So why do we want to be a church that plants churches? Because we want to reach as many people with the good news of Jesus as we can. And the second reason, this is a similar thing but slightly different. The second reason is, it's actually what the church is designed to do. It's really what the church is always meant to be. And that's quite good news because that fancy video, lovely stuff, actually, do you know what? It's not a new idea. It's not a new shiny idea at all. Actually, it is uh, what the church is always uh, meant to be and do. Some of the final words that Jesus said to his disciples, the most famous, probably one of the most famous uh, words he said was this in Matthew 28. He said, go, go and make disciples, where? Of all nations. So Jesus was like, where you are now, I want you to go somewhere else and make disciples. And then uh, St. Paul, who uh, is the, uh, the, most, the greatest missionary in history, he's written a, most of, a lot of the letters in the, in the New Testament. Uh, he took those words of Jesus and he wanted to put them into action. And what he did was he went to the most influential cities, planted a church there, and then moved on from there. Let me read you something from Acts 16. We read about Paul's uh, strategy for this uh, church planting thing. He said that he, he went to, this is a quote, he went to Philippi, a Roman colony, and a leading city of that district of Macedonia. In other words, Paul identified a really important city and was like, I'm going to go there first, start something there, and then I'll move on. Because we read later in Titus, uh, the second part of his strategy, that um, after he, uh, he'd left the church, he'd established this church in a place called Crete, another influential city, and then just as he was going, do you know what he said to them? He said this, appoint elders in every town. So he'd established the church, planted the church, a little bit like the minster, and then he's like, right, now the next step is establish elders in different places and start churches there. Paul planted churches in big cities that would plant churching in the surrounding areas. That is what HTB have done in planting us, and that is what we are trying to do in the heart of Preston. Thirdly, 
The third reason that we want to be a church that plants churches is this, and this is really important. It prevents us from getting insular. It prevents us from getting insular. You see, living wider is often the first thing that goes for churches like us. Like when, you, when you start a church, it's like, oh, we've got to grow the church, we've got to meet new people, we've got to tell people about Jesus. And then what happens is, church becomes really nice. <laughs> it's full of people that we quite like. And the danger is that we stop looking out, and what happens? We go, ooh, and you don't even notice it happening. You don't even notice it happening. You don't even notice it happening. And all of a sudden, you're just focused on yourself. And church planting is like this dynamite for us because it forces us to be like, no, don't fall for that trick. Plant a church. Because what happens when we plant a church? Actually, people from our community, they go and be part of this new thing. And they're all excited about that. And then we're like, oh, we've got to grow the church. So it is, it's so healthy for us. It's like, it's, it's, it's like good exercise rather than just getting more and more comfy. Sorry, New Year you know, feelings there. I apologize because I know we're all carrying that baggage both metaphorically and physically after Christmas. So we want to reach more people. It's what the church is always designed to do and it prevents us from going in, inward. So let me talk for a moment about uh, St. Matthew's, the area of St. Matthew's. And why I am so excited that we are doing this as a church. You see, St. Matt's has got its own story too. It's got its own history. And um, even now, there's an amazing little community of people that are there. So faithful, so loving. Really actually uh, engage with the, the community around it. But small in, in number. Small in like energy and time that is available to do what their heart <clears throat> wants to do. And they have invited us to be the next part of their story. Isn't that wonderful? And so we are going to be like going in and revitalizing that church. But let me tell you about the area and why I believe it's so important that that area has a thriving church. Um, <clears throat> St. Matthew's is an extremely highly deprived area. It's amongst the bottom two and a half percent of the most deprived parishes in the country. Let me say that again. All the parishes across the whole country where God is calling us to plant a church into is in the bottom 2.5% when it comes to deprivation. Nearly a third of the children who live in that area live uh, are classed as living in poverty. One in three children who live in that area live in poverty. A third of the adults in that area have no academic, vocational, or professional qualifications. Again, that is way above the national average. And do you know what? Jesus is such good news for that community. Jesus is such good news because Jesus, he transforms individual lives 
and he transforms communities and families and schools and can transform the whole area. Jesus is such good news. You know what he said about himself in Luke 4? Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus has got a special place in his heart for those who are most in need. But you know, the way that Jesus does this stuff is through the local church. So often, The way that Jesus shows his love is through the local church because the church is described as the body of Christ. We are literally the church. We are Christ's hands and feet and heart and eyes and ears and nose. We are the body of Christ where he does what he does through us. And so God is asking us as the minister He's asking us to widen ourselves, to to widen our reach and to share the good news of this community that is just on our doorstep. We are going to grow a church in that community. We are going to be involved in the life of the school in that community. We're going to make friends with people in that community. We're going to support people in that community. We're going to be blessed by and enriched by the people of that wonderful community. And we're going to join in with what God is doing already. So, you still with me? Everyone just take a deep breath. Hold it. Exhale. So far, we've remembered our story that we're part of. We've reminded ourselves why we are a church that plants churches and we've got excited about uh, the area around surrounding St. Matthews and what we're going to do. And we've got two things left. Firstly, for the practical ones among you, I know you're there, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to talk about how this is actually going to work in practice and then we're going to finish with like, how can I get involved? So that's where we're headed. So, how is, this, how is this actually going to work? Okay, so, in April, we're going to plan this church. And uh, what is happening uh, is a little, little bit technical. We're, we're going to literally widen, which is quite exciting, our parish boundary. So, we're a Church of England church, and uh, if you look at the Church of England map, we have like boundaries literally drawn on a map and the beautiful idea is that everybody in the country fits into one of these parishes and then they have their local church that they can be part of and that's one of the things I love about it and so in April we are literally widening our boundary and we're going to have 24,000 people in our parish 24,000 people in our parish. And within that parish, we're now going to have not just one, but we're going to have three churches. We're going to have the Minster here. We're going to have St. James's in Avenham. And we're going to have St. Matthew's uh, on New Orleans in the Fishwick area. So here's the stuff to get your head around. We're going to be one. 
but we're going to be three. It's like we're going to be three, but we're also going to be one. It's almost, reminds me of something, I can't quite place it. But it's almost like God is kind of one, but he's also three, three persons. You see, he's three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he's one God. And and that's what we're trying to replicate here in a kind of funny, different, very different kind of way, just in case I don't stray into heresy. But we're going to be three, and we're also going to be one. So how's it going to work? Well, we're going to have one board of governance. In the Church of England, that's called a PCC. Um, It's like a a trustee board is another way of explaining it. So um, we're going to have this one group of us that are going to look after the three, which is great. There's still going to be one vicar. So technically, I'll be the vicar of the whole parish, and that's the sort of system of it. And the beauty is that because of that, um, some things can be centralized. So things like governance, finance, safeguarding systems, buildings, HR, administration, all this stuff can be held as one. And that's really important because that is the stuff that just kills so many of like smaller churches and and churches that are in uh, areas of deprivation. So that's great. So we'll still be one. You still with me? But as well as the one, we're going to be three because what happens is we're going to be able to release three local church ministries. So at St. James's, they're going to continue to love and to serve the area of Avonham. They're going to be able to make the church of Avonham like feel like Avonham. Of the people, it's going to be the people who are going to be there are from Avonham. The people who are going to lead it are going to be from Avonham. We're going to be reflecting that area. And then also the same thing is going to happen at St. Matt's. At St. Matthew's, it's going to be a localized ministry. It's going to make sense. It's going to, it's going to be in the schools. It's going to be around in the local shops. We're going to be getting to know local people. These two churches are like what we call incarnational churches. You see, Jesus came into the world and made his dwelling amongst us. And one reflection that we can try and live that out is as we go into the communities, David and Christine are literally going to live in the area. They're going to live and breathe that place. And that is a wonderful approach to church. And then thirdly, we've still got the Minster, right? And the Minster's going to be continuing its sort of city-wide reach. We have this city-wide influence. We have this city-wide mission. And we're able to do things because of that. And that is going to continue as well. So we're going to be one. We're going to be three. Really specifically, last bit of detail, um, David's role. So David is still going to be the associate vicar for the whole parish, I'm the vicar, David's the associate vicar for the whole parish. But he will be kind of the the site pastor, the church pastor for St. Matthew's. So uh, he will be heading that up on on the Sundays. But he'll still have some roles within the whole as well. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea. And the reason I'm saying this is because this, what we are about to do in April, is different to what we've done previously. Because previously what we've done is we've gone, Rachel and Jason, you're fantastic. Off you go. You go to Blackburn. Take a team with you. We love you. We'll be in friendship with you. But then we're, we're, we're not massively involved. 
Whereas this is different. Even if you end up staying at the Minster, this is ours. We are doing a really significant shift in how we are approaching church because somehow what we want to do is continue this, what we're doing already, and release these other two things as well. So, I hope you're feeling excited about what God's calling us to. I hope you're feeling up for this. I hope you're glad to be part of a church that plants other churches. I hope, as I'm a little bit of a cheeky leader, I hope you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable too. And I hope you're excited for what God is calling us to in 2024. So, most importantly, most importantly, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? And I want you to really ponder this in your heart. What is God calling you to? What is the part that you can play in what God is calling us to next? Could God be whispering to you, I want you to join David and Christine. I want you to be part of the team that goes into that community. Could God be whispering to you, why don't you join Steve and Lucinda at St. James's? Why don't you be part of the team there that reaches out to Avedon? You know, those high-rise blocks. And St. James's is just by it. Maybe God has placed something on your heart. Maybe years ago, maybe you're supposed to join the team there. And if either of those two things are stirring in you, I want to make you three promises. Firstly, it will be a really costly decision for you. If you decided to do that, you would you'd lose out on certain things. It would be hard. There'd be hard relationships. You'd be, you'd be letting go of some relationships. You'd be picking up some others. All I know is that it would be costly. The second promise is it would change you. If you chose to do something as radical as this, it would change you. It would change your view of Jesus. It would change how you feel about him. It would change you. And the third thing that I can promise you is if you made a, a big decision like this, it would be hugely impactful. You see, the truth is we don't have a load of resource that we can throw at St. Matthews or St. James. We don't have much money. We haven't got a load of staff team that we can send there. So anybody who says, do you know what? I want to be part of that team. It would be a hugely impactful decision that you would make. Costly, it will change you, but it will be impactful. And the third thing, the third thing I want you to consider is maybe, is God calling you to stay in the minster? But actually he's saying, it's time to step up. Because what happens is, as people go... As people are called to a new thing, although it's still one and three and three and one and all that, um, as people go, what happens is there's like, there's voids to fill. So could God be calling you to step up? 
Maybe you're part of a team, but maybe you need to kind of go, oh, do I need to be a team leader? Maybe you've got a set of skills that you've been sitting on that I've got no idea about. Maybe you're like a genius with like finances or governance or something, and I've got, and now's the time to be like, do you know what? I would love to step up at the minster and, and give more to that. Now, if you're anything like me, let me just speak into this, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as big at, like the vision stuff, I find a bit harder. The pastor stuff, I'm all right. So let me, let me say something about that. If you're anything like me, you're probably sat here with little narratives in your mind that go a little bit like this. I don't know what I could contribute. I'm not sure if I'm good enough to do something like that. I probably wouldn't actually make a difference. God couldn't use me. Friends, I have to fight those thoughts all the time. Over the last 20 years of ministry, those are the thoughts that I constantly fight and battle with. And I want to name something this morning. Those, those things are the lies of the enemy. And here's why. Think about it. He doesn't want the church to grow. He doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't want you and your life to have an impact. He doesn't want your life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And so what we need to do is reject those lies and let me fill it with something that is true. The scriptures say that we, every one of us, you are part of the body of Christ, which means all of us are part of that body. All of us are vital to the body. We all have a part to play. And here's the kicker. Without you, we are incomplete as a church. Without you, the church can't function as well as it would with you. Does that make sense? So if God has stirred something in you, even if it's just a spark of a question, I wonder, and maybe, don't fall into the trap of rejecting it out of those little lies. So, what is God calling us to today? Should we stand together? Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. See you next week.